He will bring breakthrough when we believe. believe. That's it. That's it. He does all the work. We just have to believe. Trust him. Do you trust God this morning? Well, in this church, I believe the word of God is the most important thing for every one of us. And in, it should be in every church, but I believe it's important that we take a moment each week as we gather. And for me and the ministry God's uh, given me absolute privilege of having here in this place, that we get the word of God open, that we look into it, that we see, receive from it, because that's where the truth is. I could come up here with some good ideas and some clippings from some newspapers and some cuts and pastes from different Facebooks and Twitters and all that sort of stuff and give you all the nice stuff. But if it's not the Word of God, it's just a good idea. And God's Word, even when we don't feel it, is more powerful than any good idea that man could come up with. Who agrees with that? So we're going to have a few scriptures this morning uh, because it's the truth and we want to get that truth into us and we want to see God. That's a great Aussie term, isn't it? Wanna. You want to have the Word of God in your life. If I was in England, we want to, but we're not. We're in Australia. Just a bunch of convicts made good. <laughs> well, let's get into the Word of God. Before we do that, I want to give you a quote. This is not in the Word of God, but it's from uh, Vice President Mike Pence when he was the last day, the last day before he uh, handed over to the next government in America. And uh, he said this, We don't know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future? And of course, he's a believer in, in Christ and, uh, and he declared that. That's not, he's not the first person to do I think, I think uh, well, it goes back hundreds of years, that statement. But we don't know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future. And Mike is right. We don't know what the future holds. But today, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, then you are in a relationship with the one who does know what the future holds. And because we know him, we have a lot to be optimistic about for what is yet to come. Now, whether you're in the last decade of your life or the first decade of your life, what is to come is incredible. And we need to get a hold of that fact this morning. Jeremiah 29, 11 has been our theme at the moment, and we're going to run with that for a little while yet. But, uh, and it says there, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. You can read it with me. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Let's read it in the contemporary English version, the CEV version. It says, I will bless you with a future filled with hope, a future of success and not of suffering. Do you believe? Or do you want to not have that breakthrough? You know, today I implore you. I, I use the word implore. It sounds very sort of biblical, doesn't it? Implore. And uh, that was the best word I could come up with. And, uh, but uh, I implore you to take your focus off the circumstances around you and put your hope in the one who holds the future. And uh, years ago when I was a kid, there was that song, you know, he's got the whole world in his hands. And you'd see this big picture of a man holding the world. And uh, probably, someone probably adopted it for a logo for a company or something. But, uh, but that's what God's like. He holds the future and we need to get our eyes off our circumstances, however dire or difficult they may be, and realise today that He holds your future. He holds our future. 
He holds the future of the nations of the world. He's the only one who knows the future and his name is Jesus Christ. His plan is that your future and our future together and the future of the church across, across the nations of the world be a future that's filled with hope. I like that, filled with hope. Despite any opposition we may face, we have the enabling power of the Holy Spirit. Say that with me, the Holy Spirit. We have the enabling power of the Holy Spirit resident within us. We, His church, must rise up now. Tell the person next to you, rise up. Rise up. We, His church, must rise up now and reject the lies. It's not just enough to do nothing. We have to do some rejecting. We've got to reject the lies, reject discouragement, reject pessimism, reject a negative report, reject a spirit of despair. Don't make any room for that spirit to settle on your life. Instead of quietly retreating into the shadows of insignificance, we can declare the truth of God's word in the face of every voice of opposition and rise up, it says in Scripture, with wings like eagles. And we can begin to run. And we can begin to run without weariness. And I know weariness is on a lot of your lives. It's come like a spirit over people. And God wants to say, you can still rise up. And that weariness can go and you can begin to run when you think you can't even step out of bed in the morning. God has not finished with you yet. His purpose and plan and assignment for your life is only just beginning the next season of it. And I want to encourage you, if I at 60 years of age can keep going, then what are you doing at 49 or 25? And it doesn't even matter about 60. What about 69, 79, 80 something? It doesn't matter what age we are. We have still got breath and God can use us in our future. Amen. Now, I said we're going to go to the Word of God. Let's have a look. And this isn't actually on the screen, guys, so don't even look for it up the back. But it says in John 15, verse 5, this is the Passion Translation, just a part of that verse. It says, As you live in union with me as your source, fruitfulness will stream from within you. And I'm believing that for you today, that fruitfulness will stream from within you because He is our source and it streams through you. It's so powerful. We are the church. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ this morning, you put your trust in Him and invited Christ to be your Lord and Saviour, then you are a part of the church and together we are the church. Does anyone agree with that? Can you give me a little yay? All right. Let's take the vote now. I might win the election. Sounds good. <laughs> we are the church and we are the body of Christ on the earth and we carry the message of hope. A message of hope. How important is that to this world right now? It's time now, and Claire mentioned it before, in the aftermath of the fires and the floods and this global pandemic, that we as believers find new strength. Someone say new strength. We find new strength in Him. And we rise up and we look to the future with hope in our hearts and the sound of victory playing in our spiritual headphones. And if you need to, find that song that the guys sang this morning and put them on and listen to that song about victory. Like we sang earlier this morning. It's not all doom and gloom. Here's the thing. You play the song of victory when everything around you is telling you the opposite. You don't play the song of victory after you've won the battle. 
You play the song of victory now while you're in the battle, while you're facing the stuff that you think you can't cope with. That's when you play the song of victory. And thanks for bringing that, Mitch and Rach. Uh, just a little word there, victory. So a lot of people feel they're defeated. And some of you are in the room this morning and you've tried a whole bunch of things and it hasn't worked, but God wants to bring the victory for you despite the way you're feeling. I'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, God's going to bring victory as we put our trust and faith in Him. You can say amen to that too. It's not all doom and gloom. And the media will have, have you thinking that and they're going to brainwash you to believe all of that. And I want to say to you this, this morning, church, that opportunities for good are all around us. We've got $7,500 that's coming that we can do good with for the people that have, are battling to get back up and running in their lives on the inside. Yes, there's the outside, the houses are, you know, there's more than 100 houses down on uh, North Haven there that are uninhabitable at the moment because of the floods. But what's happening on the inside of the souls of those people and other places around our region? We can help there. We've got some funds to help us make that happen and we're going to be a part of that. If you want to be a part of helping people in real ways, then come and see us and we can get you involved. Light shines brightest in darkness. That's why I look so bright here, because you're in the dark. <laughs> Light shines brightest in darkness, and Jesus tells us in Matthew 5 that we, we are the light of the world. We are the light of the world, and he says to us, I think, just, I think it's verse 16, let your light shine. If you are light, why aren't you letting it shine? You shove it in the glove box of your car and just leave it there? If you are a light, and you are, the Word of God says, because that's truth, isn't it? If Jesus is saying to you today that you are the light of the world, let your light shine, then open the door of that glove box, and if it's a dark car, the whole car's going to have light in it. It's a weird analogy. I don't know how I came up with that one. But uh, I want to encourage you. Because the one in Scripture is, you know, put a light on the hill. It lights up the whole city. Jesus says to his disciples in John 4, he says, Look, the fields are white unto harvest. The fields are white under harvest. What does that mean? I believe it means we need to lift our eyes and see the opportunities before us. Lift our eyes because when we're downcast, when we're focused on our own stuff, when we're feeling defeated, when we think the victory is lost and there's no hope, we're looking down. But he's saying, lift your eyes, look up. The fields are white. There's great opportunities out there for you. And you've been believing something else this morning. And I want to tell you, forget that. There's great opportunities coming. I want to read that verse to us. Let's read it together. John 4.35. This is the Passion Translation. It says, they look at all the people coming. Now is harvest time. For their hearts are like vast fields of ripened grain ready for a spiritual harvest. And everyone who reaps these souls for eternal life will receive a reward. And those who plant spiritual seeds and those who reap the harvest will celebrate together with great joy. How good is that passage? You know, we know the one who holds the future in his hands. And there is a great spiritual harvest before us. Does anyone believe that? Yeah? Now, people in our city right here need to know the one who is the hope of the world. And we 
have been commissioned to tell them. This church is not for you. This church is for us to bring people into. That's why we're doing Anzac Day Sunday next week. We don't get Anzac Day on a Sunday very often. Every seven years, I think, it comes around. And uh, that's an opportunity for you to connect with someone and bring them in and ex expose people to a bunch of people that actually are light. Psalm 33, verse 20. The Lord alone is our radiant hope, and we trust in him with all our hearts. His wraparound presence will strengthen us. Matthew 12, 21. And his name will be the hope of all the world. Don't hide your faith and leave Jesus' name out. Don't talk about nice ideas and making people feel better and helping people with their business. And You can be more positive and, oh, yes, it's going to be all right. We'll, we'll help you with that. Where's the name of Jesus? His name is the hope of the world, not your good ideas, not our nice works to encourage people and make them feel better. They're great, but what about the name of Jesus? Why do we leave that out? When his name, it says right there, Matthew, Jesus is telling us his name, it will be, and his name will be the hope of all the world, and nothing has changed since that was spoken. There is no greater joy for a believer than to personally introduce someone to Jesus, not to a good idea. To sow a seed of truth and watch and see his grace begin to do a deep work in their life. He's done it in our lives, and he's on the, it's in process in our lives, isn't it? Are we in process? Put your hand up if you're still in process with that one. God has plans for you. Tell the person near you, God has plans for you. Phil, God has plans for you. He has great plans for Phil. He has plans for you to encourage you, to strengthen you, to bless you with a future, the scripture says, that's filled with hope. Not just a little bit of hope on a Sunday morning for an hour and then you go home and it's all back to hopelessness again. No, a bit of, uh, more than a bit of hope, a future that's filled with hope. And I love the way it's put in that version, the, the CEV version that we read earlier. That future is not all about you. I need to probably just um, let you know that. <laughs> the future spoken of there that's filled with hope, that future is not all about you and your needs and your desires. It's about empowering and impassioning your life to be a blessing to others. They're smiling at me there. Oh, they're smiling this side too. I'll have to get tougher. <laughs> Pastor Chris Hodges from a church, Church of the Highlands in Birmingham in America, great big church. He says this, the greatest pastoral advice he can give to someone is to not focus on their individual needs, but to focus on the needs of others. Of all the incredible theological uh, books and courses and sermons and messages, he said the greatest advice he can give is to get your eyes off yourself and focus on the needs of others. I'm quoting him so that he can get all the flack from it rather than me saying it. But uh, the truth is that that actually works. And if we can be a church that does that, stops looking at or 
whether the service suits us, whether the morning tea is the way we like it, whether you like the music this morning, whether Pastor Jeff's sermon makes me feel good or not. Forget all of that stuff and start focusing on the needs of others and coming together and saying, what could we do together to touch this community with something that's going to make a difference for eternity in the lives and families of people that live right next door to us in this, in this community? Then we're onto something. The fields are white, folks, and I see with eyes of hope that this place will be filled with people multiple times a week, people hungry for God, encountering His presence. And if you're listening online today, people listening online endlessly, hundreds, even thousands of people can hear what happens here and be drawn towards God wherever they can listen from. And what uh, technology gives us now is that you know, continuous impact way beyond the borders of a building. Sounds good, doesn't it? Just as we have sign written on the window down in Horton Street at the PB Centre that people will be refreshed and renewed and reassured and recharged and revitalised and reconnected and restored back into relationship with their Heavenly Father. Um, you know, these words are like prophetic statement for what we can bring because we are the light of the world because he is light within us and that God can bring that restoration to people and it's, it's not just restored to have a nice life again and, and uh, you know, have a better financial world and have your know, emotional states better and all that. No, it's restored back into relationship with their Father in heaven and that's where it all really begins. That's the most important thing ever. It's all about restoration. It's the passion of the church for people to restore restored back into relationship. Some of you know very well what it's like when a relationship breaks down or when that relationship's lost. But when people are brought back into the relationship with God that they've never known or that they've fallen away from, everything begins to change. And it doesn't matter how screwed up yesterday has been for you and all the list of failures that you may have, there's opportunity for restoration. And by the power of the Holy Spirit and the beautiful grace of God, nothing is impossible with him. So, after saying all of that, to connect our hopes to reality, we need a key ingredient, and that ingredient is faith. Hope and faith. We need something that's going to connect. We've got all this hope for all these things to happen, for things to happen in our lives, but we need faith to connect to that for it to come to pass. And Hebrews 11 verse 1, this says, there says, Now faith brings our hopes into reality. Faith brings our hopes into reality. And because the foundation needed to acquire, uh, sorry, and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. Hebrews 11 verse 6. It says, and it is impossible to please God without faith. Does anyone need faith here? I'll tell you what, if you try and please God without faith, you're going to be whew, worn out. <laughs> worn out. So faith is required to see our hopes come into reality. What is faith? Well, we believe in the power and authority of the word of God, so let's just have a little read of it. Uh, back to Hebrews 11 verse 1. Uh, can you take a couple more minutes? 
Anyone still awake? Louis. Hard to see up here. Want me to keep going? Come on. This is the Word of God. It's exciting stuff. Lord, I just pray for as we read this verse that you'd speak to us, strengthen us and encourage us and inspire us to follow you. Here we go. Hebrews 11.1, 1, the Amplified Version. You get a bit extra for free. The Amplified Version. Now, faith is the assurance the title deed, confirmation of things hoped for and divinely guaranteed and the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. For by this kind of faith, the men of old gained divine approval. By faith, that is, with an inherent trust and enduring confidence in the power and wisdom and goodness of God, we understand that the worlds, the universe, the ages were framed and created and formed and put in order and equipped for their intended purpose by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. There's three verses packed with revelation. We could stay here for another couple of hours, just talk about that. But that's incredible. As one old preacher once said, if we want to summarise it right down, he says, faith is seeing what you can't see. Faith is seeing what can't be seen. Faith is seeing what can't be seen. The conviction of faith is actually so powerful that when we see with eyes of faith, see with eyes of faith, what is comprehended is as if it were fact. Even though we cannot yet experience it with our physical senses. That's faith. God speaks. He speaks to nothing and his word brings into existence something. What becomes visible was formed out of what was invisible. You know, if we are to operate by faith, we cannot move forward if we are sidetracked by our natural sight or blindsided by our feelings. If we live that way, the momentum of faith in our lives will come to a standstill. Momentum of faith. God has good plans for you. They're described in Jeremiah 29 as plans for peace and for well-being and for success and success that will benefit others. And they are good plans that will come to pass in your future only as you put your hope in Him. Only as you put your hope in Him. To declare our hope in the Lord gives us a different voice. Declare is like declaring, like speaking something out. Today, you know, in your life, in your personal space, in your circumstance, wherever you're sitting this morning, can you declare your faith in the Lord again, your hope in the Lord? Declare your hope in Him. Maybe, as Karen once said in a message some while back, my hoper is broken. If your hoper is broken, I want to encourage you today, by faith, just re-declare your hope in Him. So I put my hope in you, Lord. You may not feel anything. Circumstances may not have changed yet around you, but I want to encourage you today to declare again your hope in Him. Declare your hope in the Lord. It, it gives us a different voice. 
On the other side of that statement, we declare our hope in the Lord. It gives us a different voice, a voice that's saying that we reject the crippling lies of fear, uncertainty and doubt and unbelief. And with just a mustard seed of faith, we rise up and we put our hope in Him and we activate His good plans in our lives. You know, today, I've got a lot more here. I could go on for another hour. Today, we are growing in our understanding of how to be a people who walk by faith and not by sight and put their hope in Him. I'll just say this, in life, stuff happens. Would you agree? That's, a, that's not in the Bible, but it's true. In life, stuff happens. Everyday challenges come and go. And as I said last week, the Christian life is not a bed of roses and the bed of roses statement is not found in Scripture. You cannot find it. There can be significant moments of crisis and circumstances can arise, often beyond our control, causing pain and loss and suffering. But the Apostle Paul knew this and he wrote to bring hope to the churches as they faced imprisonment and even death for just expressing their faith. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this body of people here this morning, your body. We ask, Lord God, that you would do your work in us, that connect our hope with faith and cause a freshness to begin to rise out of this place that's empowered by your spirit where we can see the victory, where we can lift our eyes and see beyond the circumstances of the everyday that, Lord, you would begin to do something amazing in this place. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. It is faith, it says in Hebrews 11, as we finish this morning. It is faith that brings our hopes into reality. And the beautiful thing is that he gives us the faith. You don't have to go home and read you know, my little book on how to get lots of faith, which I haven't written yet. He gives you the faith. And it's that faith that brings your hopes into reality. And I want to encourage you, don't give up. You may have had hope and it hasn't happened yet. Don't give up. Ask him for faith and those hopes will become reality. The enemy's got lots of plans to short circuit God's purpose on your life. But somehow you're here again this morning. Not even just here in this building, but you're back hearing God's voice, hearing the word of God, hearing truth, hearing God's people worshipping him, getting sitting alongside a Christian that might tell you some stuff that you may not really want to hear if they were bold enough. Because faith, God wants your faith to rise.
bring that hope into reality. Hope and a future. Connecting to faith will bring it to pass.